Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So the good news, Ryan, we have had somebody who's written to us suggesting a podcast. How about that? Oh, good. Yeah. Good, because so, you and I ran out of ideas like six months ago. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, absolutely. So any ideas you've got, then please send them in. Uh, but this is um, actually from a guy called Clive Thomas, uh, who has basically asked, why do customer experience programs fail? Um, and could we talk about uh, talk about why they're failing? That's a great uh, question. It is. It's a good question. And I think that there's a number of... Um, just people stuff that comes into this, but I guess it's sort of looking at it from a different perspective. So, uh, and what I mean from a different perspective is not talking about customers, but talking about people in organizations and uh, therefore um, undoubtedly um, you can chip in with your, uh, your thoughts from a psychological perspective and change management perspective and all that type of stuff. So I've got a list here of, um, I created a list of why I think customer experience programs fail and, Bear in mind that I run, I, my, my background is I used to work at British Telecom uh, and I run a customer experience program there. And then I've been in, um, in uh, Beyond Philosophy, we, we've been running customer experience program for the last 18 years. So uh, I've, I've, here's my list that I've drawn up. So I think one of the big issues for me is that People within an organization and particularly senior people think they know what a customer experience is and think they know how to fix it. Um, and with the greatest of respect, they don't. Um, and I guess it goes back to what we've talked about many times before, which is um, what we're seeing is a number of customer experience programs plateau because I guess it's the same old thinking. People tend to think of a customer experience as just being the rational parts. What, what, what I, what we, Ryan and I in the, uh, our book, the intuitive customer called the rational parts. So rational is, you know, the, the delivery, how quickly people answer the phone, what the price of the product is. Uh, and they don't think about the emotional, subconscious, and psychological parts of of things. Yeah, and it, another way that that's uh, sometimes talked about in, in marketing circles is focusing on the attributes instead of the benefits. Uh, yeah. And not taking the customer's perspective on it. Yeah. And I think the other part for me is, and this is sort of where you get to a bit of an intellectual leap, is some of the benefits can be as we've talked about before, sort of emotional and, uh, yeah. and psychological and irrational. They don't yeah, have to some of those be, benefits will be very difficult for the customer themselves to articulate. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the danger is um, the danger is that that they that they focus just on those things. So thinking they know what customer experience is all about. And I hope that, you know, one of the key reasons we're doing this podcast is we're trying to help educate people on what a customer experience really is about to enable you to go back and affect some change in your organization. The second thing that I've learned, and, and maybe I'm just getting too old now, but 
um, it's the classic line of, you know, again, typically senior levels, um, but throughout the organization as well. People going, yeah, I support this. You know, I believe, yep. yes, we should definitely be improving the customer experience. But you know what? They don't really mean it. So um, I'm sure you've never encountered this, Ryan, but politics in in organizations. No, I, I work in uh, the academy, and so uh, we, we don't deal with anything like political squabbles over power or anything else. No. Yeah, no. But those are key, aren't those key drivers of human behavior? I mean, all of that stuff about, you know, wanting to be, you know, um, right and wanting to be the leader and, you know, prove your enemies wrong and, you know, uh, I guess ambition and all that type of stuff is just, is all just human nature, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's inertia within an organization is, is a huge problem. Um, it explains all kinds of, of negative outcomes for businesses, and among them is change, uh, right? So it, it, people, it's easy for people to get excited about ideas. Um, implementation is usually far less exciting, um, and so you start to run into some resistance there. And then also you're, you're stepping, invariably stepping on people's toes, and people are going to need to do things differently, and they may be very comfortable doing things the way they are. So... Yeah. Um, you know, understanding that from the forefront is absolutely vital. Yeah, and there's a there was it actually reminds me of when I was back in the day when I was at BT and I was running this big change program, and in fact we'd got an outside consultant in who told me, which I wasn't very pleased about, but who told me that actually the person running the change program uh, is normally ends up being so disliked. <laughs> by everybody yeah. um that you know that it doesn't actually help their career it you know potentially hinders their career um but um but not to turn people off i i think that is where and in this area that's where the use of an outside consultant uh to be able to turn mm -hmm. around and say and this is the phrase i always love you know we get to say that your baby's ugly so we can turn around to the CEO without the politics and everything else and go, look, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. You know, you should be doing this, this, this and this without having that that political baggage. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think politics is a real just a whole killer in an organization. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, it's an important one to start off with, too. I mean, a lot of what we talk about in the podcast is kind of the you know, the, the science or, or the, the latest thinking uh, around customer experience management programs. You could have the best designed program in the world, you know, the, the most cutting edge, up-to-date science, and it can be real rigorously imposed. And if you don't have the political support within the organization to make those changes and sustain those changes, uh, it doesn't matter. So I, I think it's really important. Yeah, and just thinking about it, I mean, the the examples I always use are, you know, if you think about the blockbusters, the Kodaks, the circuit cities of this world, you know, you know did those organizations see that the end was nigh? Yeah. Uh, and why in the hell didn't they do anything about it? Um, and I guess the reality is, is yes, they saw it, uh, but they didn't do anything about it because they couldn't do anything about it um, because of the the politics. 
Yeah. Um, in fact, I was presenting to a board the on, only uh, a few months ago, uh, who shall remain nameless. And um, it was just, there was so much politics happening in the room. It was just horrendous. Uh, yeah. And this is a company that I will talk about with you after, Ryan, but I predict we'll go out of business in the next five, ten years uh, because they're just stuck in their ways of doing things. Um, so, you know, that's not to be underestimated. And, and in my view, uh, the way that, and I should be putting the positive spin on these things as well, or the positive attributes, but my way of, you've got to get, my advice would be you've got to work on the politics you've got to not accept it and you've got to um you've got to in effectively do lots of stakeholder management of um, going around talking to these people individually trying to convince them on the best way ahead running pilots proving it works etc uh, etc et yeah I, I mean that, that touches on something that's also really important a, a lot of change that happens in an organization, and I would say customer experience change too, um, if done right, really disempowers some of the experts within the company. Um, the idea is we've got now a system for doing this, um, and so we don't need to rely on your intuition as much. Um, and that's the better way to make decisions, but it can also be very threatening to those in power within an organization. No, I totally agree. And and again, I've seen that happen many times. You know, the, the people who are senior in the organization have got there because they've been good at yeah. the old things, let me put it yep. that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and therefore, um, you know, and, and I've also met people that are really open to ideas and embrace change and uh, who have been there a long time as well. So this isn't uh, just just to do with age or anything like that. We're so pleased that you're listening to this episode of The Intuitive Customer. As a listener, we want to offer you a free download of Colin's ebook, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. Take advantage of this free offer being made available only to listeners of this podcast. Do it now. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast and follow the link for the free book. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. The other part, and we've touched on this again in, in other uh, podcasts, so the other the other key reason why customer experience programs fail, and this is a failure of uh, the customer experience manager or the, the person involved in the project, is a lack of ROI. So, mm -hmm. again, my experience of dealing with senior um, senior people in an organization is they will want to know where's the money, yeah? Um, yeah. Prove to me this stuff works. Don't just tell me it's going to be good for the customers. Tell me, you know, what improvements to customer loyalty I'm going to get. Calculate for me how much money um, I do. Because, you know, rightly so, they're business people. Uh, yeah. And you're business to make money. Um, and therefore, if you're making an investment, uh, in resources, time, whatever it may be, um, you've got to put your money where your mouth is, and you've you know you've got to uh, you've got to uh, make that investment, but knowing that there's a return that's coming as well. The uh, and and part of that is when you start talking about all of this rational um, when we when we talk about rational things, you know things like again price points and um, uh, delivery times, et cetera, et cetera, you can correlate, um, you can do the math a lot easier. 
when you start talking about the emotional side, then that's more of a more of a challenge. Um, and if you go back and listen to a couple of our podcasts, uh, you'll hear us talk about this emotional signature, which helps identify where value is drawn. But if I go back to uh, another key thing that I think is killing um, customer experience programs, and that is short termism. Mm-hmm. Um, short term reporting to Wall Street um, on you know quarterly numbers, um, short term thinking, short term tenure of chief ex- chief marketing officers. Mm-hmm. It, you know, change in customer experience can take time, uh, and therefore. You know, to enjoy that, you've got to at least be thinking medium term. Um, now, I, I definitely think, and again, the advice that we give our clients is you've got to produce some quick wins. You've got to show this stuff works. You've then got to prove it. You've then got to scale it, um, uh, you know, and, and you can get there. Uh, but, you know, don't try and change all aspects of the customer experience that's going to take three years to do. Uh, because unless you've got the real true backing of the senior team, then, you know, that's not going to work. You're going to have to show that this stuff works um, er- much earlier, uh, much earlier than that. That's great. Yeah, I've, I've worked with a couple of consulting clients where I'll have people who are kind of lower down in the organization confide and say, look, you know, this is great and we support it and we're excited about it, but until it shows up on, you know, our annual, annual planning documents, until it shows up, um, you know, in our uh, annual reviews, it's, it's just going to get washed out, right? And, um, you know, if there, there's support from management for, and maybe this is more of a point around ROI than it is for short-termism, but, you know, if managers say that they're excited about this, but I need to make my sales quota next week um, and do whatever I need to to do that. It, it'll all get, until it gets kind of baked into the company's processes and uh, long-term planning and evaluations, it's all going to always be the, the third most important thing that's going on in an employee's yeah. day, and so it'll just never get done. Yeah. No, somebody wise once said to me, which senior person in their right mind would say that focusing on the customer is the wrong thing to do? Nobody ever says it's the wrong thing to do, uh, but they, you know, they have their targets to achieve. So that what you should be doing is going, if they've got their targets to achieve, how can improving the customer experience help them improve their targets? Yeah, Uh, achieve their targets, because that's when you'll start to get buy in. The next one down on my list is, uh, and, and this does go back to a psychological theory, but, but FOMO. Do you want to explain yeah. FOMO? Sure. I have a teenager. I can explain FOMO. Um, <laughs> FOMO is an acronym that stands for fear of missing out. Uh, and it's become a very popular hashtag on Instagram from what I understand. Absolutely. So the whole thing of, um, there are too many organizations now uh, setting up customer experience programs because 
everybody else's. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's quite sad, really. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that approach to life served you so well in high school, and yet now, did. somehow in the business world, it's not working out. No, absolutely. And, and the danger is here that um, it means that they're not committed. They don't yeah. really understand what they're trying to do. They don't really understand what they're letting themselves in for. And my advice, if ever I find a client that's uh, that's doing this and hasn't got a really good reason why, and then in my advice is don't do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. go off and focus on doing what you're doing rather than uh, trying to make the change and then realize halfway down the line that actually you're not really committed. Yeah. No, I, I, this applies to so many business decisions, especially in marketing. It's like, oh well. We obviously need to have a social media presence. Oh, well, we yeah. obviously need to get, you know, into data analytics. Oh, we obviously need, they're just seeing what other people are doing. Sometimes that's exactly the right move. Sometimes it doesn't matter at all. Sometimes it detracts. But I mean, to your point, if you're just doing it so you can check a box and say, yes, we have a customer experience program, um, it's not going to do any good. And the other thing, actually thinking about it, you know, and thinking of the people listening to this podcast, which which are going to be customer experience professionals and um, other consultants and people like that, you know, uh, I, if if I've advised people on taking customer experience jobs because there's a number of jobs there, this is a key question to be asking and trying to discover, you know, are they really serious about mm. this? Yeah. Um, because it can be a soulless job and, yeah. and as I say I've done it it can be a soulless job trying to yep. beat your head against a brick wall to try to change things so finding not getting support just getting blamed yeah absolutely absolutely and and, and that ties in with the next one for me which is uh, and again this is I see this so commonly um, happening people being given responsibility without being given the authority yeah. So they're told, and here's the danger, they're told, uh, you know, your job's to improve the customer experience. Then what happens is everybody in the organization goes, ah, right, so customer complaints, these are all your problem. Right. Um, you know, all these issues that we've got with customers, these are all your problem. They're not my problem anymore. Um, but they don't have any, they're not given any authority to go, Okay, we've got to change this process. We've got to change the organizational structure. We've got to change the targets. You know, all those things. They're not given the the proper authority to make that change. Right. Um, and that's just, a, that, just react afterwards um, and not do anything to actually improve customer experience. Yeah. So they end up. The irony is, is they end up getting the blame for everything mm -hmm. um, where it hasn't been set up in set up properly in in the beginning um and again my advice sorry go i was just to be fair every organization needs a scapegoat somebody they can blame so you know maybe that's your role is to take one for the team and uh, absolutely yeah i mean that sounds sounds a good job to have they should put that in the job in the job description <laughs> don't you your job is to see that ad. <laughs> looking for a corporate scapegoat <laughs> and your job will be to suffer uh, yeah yeah, the sad part is, mate, I've taken that job before now. <laughs> a lot of people have. Um, I mean, functionally, functionally, there are jobs where that ends up, I mean, nobody plans it this way, but that, that ends up being the role. Um, yeah. And 
terrible for everyone involved. Let Beyond Philosophy help you discover what your customers really want, not what they say they want, by uncovering the hidden drivers of value in your customer experience to create real ROI. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. So again, my advice would be if you're a customer experience professional, before you, you take the job, yeah. find out if you've got the authority. If you're being told, well, you just need to go around and use your influence to uh, try to get people to change and blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm I'm not saying don't take the job, but that would certainly be a big red flag for me. Yeah. Um, and in some organizations, I definitely wouldn't take the job uh, because you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, do, you, do you have allies in senior management who are going to go to bat for you and who are going to apply the pressure yeah. to change behavior? Yeah. I mean, on the opposite side of the fence, I mean, we're dealing with a client now um, you know, who is, who's the CEO and the senior team are exceptionally focused on the customer. Yep. Uh, and it's, you know, the, the, the customer experience manager, um, or VP, you know, is, uh, it, it's a great job to have because you're spanning all of the organization. Um, and, you know, they're making significant gains and, um, increasing the ROI and it can be an absolutely wonderful job to have. Um, but I have to say, you know, I, I'm only now talking about 10, 15 percent of the clients we deal with are, uh, are where that's where that's happening. Um, you know, the, the I, I would put 20 percent of people in the in the in the FOMO part, yeah. which is, you know, you, you talk to them and you just ask them a few questions and you realize actually they're not really serious. Uh, they're just doing it. Um, and, and that what that ultimately comes out as being, and this comes to another reason why they fail, um, is lack of resources because it's not treated correctly, because it's not it's words, not actions. Um, people, you know, there's not enough resources put into it. Now, that doesn't mean to say that the professional CX professional person running customer experience needs to have 70 people in their team you can matrix it and have a small team but are they given the resource in terms of um, just the capital to to change things to invest in consultants or additional training mm -hmm. or um, um, you know all those types of things um, is um, uh, is another reason why I see I see things fail the last one, uh, and this is sort of part of the whole premise of uh, Ryan and, and my book, of which is named after this podcast, The Intuitive Customer, is I see too many people in the organization thinking, and this ties back to the number one part, number one issue uh, about knowing what customer experience is, but thinking the customer experience is just rational, just thinking... Yeah. It's solely about if I, and here's one I get all the time. Uh, it, you know, if we can reduce our price, we would be fine. Um, and, and what you're seeing, I, I, I genuinely believe is a number of CX programs starting to plateau. Um, I, I've been fortunate enough to 
you know, be in the beginning of this this whole change in industry. Uh, and we're now getting calls back from people that we spoke to five years ago who, um, who, who are saying, hey, we've tried to make some changes and it's not worked uh, and, you know, so on and so forth. And typically what they're trying to do is just do what they were doing before. And, mm. and this is the whole premise of the book, obviously, about um, and the podcast, which is going, you need to look into the emotional, rational, subconscious side of things, psychological side of things um, to 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 make progress. You need to change to a different level of thinking, which um, we hope that these podcasts help. But any thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'll talk sometimes with uh, clients or with um, students about the metaphors that we use to try to understand business. Um, and uh, a lot of times we'll use this this hero metaphor, which is, you know, like, let's look at what did Steve Jobs do? Let's try to mimic what, what that person did. These heroes have it figured out. And the metaphor that I, I prefer is, is, you know, more of a jungle where um, it's just constantly evolving and adapting. So if you were the, the first in your industry to implement a customer experience program, um, you know, there's a much better chance that it, it worked and, um, you know, resulted in some, some benefits there because you were going after low hanging fruit. Nobody was, nobody else was doing anything. Customers expectations now change over time. You may have uh, competitors who have implemented similar programs. And so continuing to do the same thing when well, the jungle has changed, we are now in a new environment. There are new predators that have come in. There's new, um, you know, uh, environmental factors that are, are changed. The same thing that worked before might not provide any advantage anymore. And so now you need to develop the next thing. Are you going to refine this further and, and adapt as your environment has changed? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, I think in, in summary, um, I think, I, you know, I would say, uh, and let me just go through these again, um, just to reiterate them. Um, the first reason why customer experience programs failing is because people think they know what it is and they don't. Um, and, you know, witness how many organizations are doing research on how customers feel or emotions. Uh, how many times are you talking about subconscious and psychological experience? Um, you know, those aren't common terms in businesses today and they should be. Um, second one is, the support, you know, the whole of pol the, the politics, um, you know, that's a key reason why they fail. The, the thing to do is to um, uh, is to a understand the politics, but b then start to work with the individual stakeholders and and as Ryan mentioned, you know, uh, focus on what you can do to help them achieve their own targets. Now, that ties in with lack of ROI. So make sure your program. Um, is focused around doing some return on investment, providing some quick wins. Uh, you know, you have to deal with a short termism. Um, you know, that's a factor uh, today. And that's the reason why they're failing. So, again, quick wins, proving things work. FOMO, if you fear of missing out, if you don't, if you're not doing it um, for the right reasons, just don't do it. It's just not worth it. Make sure you're putting in the right resources. Uh, make sure that you've got responsibility with authority. Too many organizations don't uh, pass on the author authority. And make sure you focus on the 
the rational part, not just the rational parts of an experience, but a rational, emotional, psychological and subconscious parts of an experience as, as, as well. Any last thoughts from you, Ryan? Uh, it's, it's a great list. Some of those are specific to customer experience management, but some of those are just good advice on any change management program within uh, an organization. Um, so uh, a lot of wisdom there to digest, dear listener, yep. as you drive home from work. Absolutely. So one last piece of advice I would give you, and this sort of ties back to this whole bit about what's customer experience about. Uh, I would really encourage you to um, tell people about the podcast, not just so we get more listeners, but because I genuinely believe in spreading the word helps make your job easier. Uh, if you get people listening to it, if you get them interested in it, you get them to think about it. Um, you, it becomes a virtuous circle. You can then start having conversations about it. You could run team meetings based upon what we've been talking about. But, you know, anything you can do to spread the message of, um, in this is why it's good to improve the customer experience. And hopefully this podcast, other podcasts, other, other blogs, et cetera, et cetera, will just help you in doing that. So, um, we hope this has been of use. Um, thank you, Clive, for your um, for your email. Uh, and if you do want to send us an email um, and suggest something that we could do uh, other than shut down the podcast, um, <laughs> um, then um, uh, please send it to contact at beyondphilosophy.com. So that's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. OK, I think that's us. And we'll talk to you in a, in a week's time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks a lot. See ya. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. <laughs>